good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? It's good to be here, isn't it? I'm so glad you're here. Uh, uh, did anybody kind of sleep an hour too late and over wake up thinking, what in the world? Anybody think that? I remember uh, my bedtime, I'm trying to go to bed early. I don't know what it is, but I, I got to get more sleep. I'm, I don't know what happened in the last few years, but I need to sleep more. I feel the sudden urge to take naps now. What's up with that? Cross, you start approaching 50, you need naps. What's that with? But anyway, um, last night I went to bed a little bit later. It was midnight, and it just dawned on me, it's really not midnight. It's really 1 a.m. So I paid the price for that this morning. But I'm glad you're here. Uh, this is the time of the year I like. Is this the beginning of daylight savings, or is it the end of daylight savings? Does, day, does daylight savings begin? Okay, this is the better part of the year. I can tell you that because we can stay up later now. So, Anyway, uh, uh, we are continuing a series called When Life Doesn't Make Sense. You ever found your place or have, have you ever found yourself at a place in life where you didn't know what was going on, things didn't make sense? Maybe you were wondering what God was doing in your life because of some certain circumstances. You felt like, hey, I've, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm still facing this. That's, that's kind of the, uh, the idea behind what we're talking about. We're talking about Daniel. Let's continue today. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here today. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to open up our minds and our hearts to receive what you would say to us today in Christ's name. And everybody said amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, this is going to change your life. Pastor's got a lot of confidence in his message today, doesn't he? Now, if you've been with us, we've been talking about Daniel and how this was a young prince in the land of Israel. He was well on his way to some greater things in life. He was one of the elite. He was a young man, probably in his late teens, early 20s. and God was doing some incredible things in his life. And all of a sudden, the land of Israel is invaded by the Chaldeans or the Babylonians, if you will, King Nebuchadnezzar. And they completely demolish Jerusalem, the land of Israel. Just really wipe out the nation, but take 10,000 exiles back to the land of, of Babylon. And when they do, I, I would think that Daniel was probably thinking, you know, I've been living for God all of these years. I've been committed to what God had in my life. And all of a sudden, I find myself living in a foreign land by a king who serves a pagan God. This doesn't make sense. But if you were with us the last couple of weeks, we saw where God continues to promote him. And God did some great things through the interpretation of a dream. And God gave him some gifting. And everywhere that even it seemed like the enemy was trying to destroy him, Daniel, God is being promoted. Or God is promoting Daniel. We find out that when life doesn't make sense, what we're going to do is we're going to take some of these things that happen in, in Daniel's life and compare it to our lives. Number one, when life doesn't make sense, we learn from Daniel, or we're learning from Daniel, that God has planned. In other words, and what I'm doing is I'm going to review these two points, and then I'm going to get on with the rest of the message, but I, I feel like I need to go back because I hadn't preached in a couple of weeks. First of all, we see that God has planned, that, that God has an eternal, timeless plan that we are all a part of. Even in, in our times of trouble, sometimes we can think, I feel like God has forgotten about me. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like, you know, I don't know if God's got my back on this situation. But God's got a, a plan, an eternal plan that we may not be completely, that we may completely not understand. 
even through your struggle, even through your pain. I want to say that God did not plan for you to hurt. God did not plan for your situation. God did not, God did not, it was not necessarily in His plan and His will that you suffer or you go through a struggle or you go through a heartache or you go through divorce or you go through abuse or you go through a, a breakup. That was, that is not God's plan that bad things happen to you. But because God has a plan and because we serve God, He will take the bad things that happen to us and he will bring good out of those situations. According to Romans 8 and 28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So what happens is, God takes the bad things that happen to us that he didn't plan and he didn't cause, but because we live for him and we serve him, he will take those bad things and it becomes a part of who we are. Even to the extent that, you know, because a lot of times we say, well, I hope that God can use me and that God, that God will still bless me in spite of the things that I've been through or in spite of the things that I've done. But we actually find out that it is not in spite of those things, but a lot of times it is because of those things. That the things that we go through, the heartaches, the suffering, the, 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 the bad, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the things that we go through, God actually turns those things around. The things that the enemy meant for our destruction and our downfall, those things that were meant for our beatdown, God has meant for our buildup. Amen? He'll take those things and He'll use them and it completes us even to the extent that we can look back one day and say, man, I wouldn't want to go through that again, but I thank God for the struggles. I thank God for the heartache. I thank God for the trials because that has made me who I am and made me a part or has completed the, the full fulfillment and the work of God in my life that gives me the ability to handle the situation and the problems and the success that I deal with today. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, God's got a plan. The second thing that we find out is that God has not only planned, but he's also positioned us. We are where we are for a reason. God, we need to look at the, uh, where we are. Like Daniel, it says, the Bible says, Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. In other words, Daniel served the Babylonians for 70 years. Which doesn't make sense. As, as we look at the life of Daniel, and we're, we're going to study him for the next couple of weeks, it is incredible the kind of integrity that he had. It is incredible what God had. But we can see that God had an incredible plan in his positioning. He was put there by God. It probably wasn't his first choice. He would have probably rather served in the land of Israel. But God had a position, them, had a position for him right there. And it is, a very, it is very important that we see where we are as divine positioning. Amen. Wherever you are right now, it is important that you see that as a place where God has you right now. Now, tomorrow, if you find yourself in jail... That's not what I'm talking about. That's just bad decisions, okay? Now, sometimes we put ourselves in positions because of stupidity, right? Sometimes we, put a, we, we do dumb things or whatever. We've all been a part of that. That's not what I'm talking about. 
But maybe you, you, you find yourself in a position, that, in a job that you really didn't go to school for. Or you find yourself in, in a dead-end job. Well, maybe God has something for you to learn in that job right now that is a step in the process or in the person that God has for you in your future. It could very well be that what you're learning in this seeming to be dead-end job, God has and God is teaching you some skills that are going to take you to the next level, right? I remember when I was working for UPS, we all have this sense, especially when you're younger, you all have, you, everybody has this sense of greatness on the inside of us that we were meant for bigger, better things. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, let me just tell you that that could be delusions of grandeur, okay? But God has put that on the inside of you. God put a sense of greatness on the inside of you that, that, that I, I, I want to be a success or I want to move to the next level. I remember when I worked for UPS, I had a degree in finance and I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking that maybe that I would move up in the company and I felt like they were prepping me for that. But at one point in my life, for five years, I drove around in a package car and I delivered packages. Nothing wrong with that job. It just, for me, I, w- I was thinking to myself, you know, I didn't go to school and get the degree to, to drive around in circles and hand people shirts from JCPenney's. That's not, what I, that's not what I went to school to do. Like I said, nothing wrong with that job, but I felt like that's not where I wanted to be. I felt like, and, and, but while I was there, God taught me some things. God taught me some things about work ethic. He taught me some things about routine. He taught me some things about punctuality. He taught me, you know, how to do a job that I really didn't want to do. For some people, that was a great job. For me, that's not what I necessarily wanted to do. I felt like God had something else, but God taught me some things there. I wasn't aware of it, but when I got to the, to the end of that, I thought to myself, hey, God was teaching me some things at that moment. Amen? Maybe, you're, maybe you work for a horrible boss. And you're thinking, what in the world? Well, maybe God is teaching you some things about respect and authority and about submission to authority. Because listen, don't forget this. We all like to talk about, hey, you know what? I'm a servant at heart and and I submit to authority. But submission isn't really submission until you disagree with your boss. Right? Submission isn't really submission until you disagree. Maybe God wants to teach you about some things. Uh, maybe God wants you to work for a bad boss until you, so when you get to work for a good boss, you're a better employee, right? Always look at it as God has me here for a reason. Maybe you're doing things every day that seems like a, a redundant, mundane tasks. Maybe God wants to teach you like he taught me. Maybe he wants to teach you about routine, the, the, the power of consistent routine, that freedom is actually found in, within boundaries, that if you take care of A and B, then you're free to do C, D, E, F, G, right? Maybe God wants to teach you, but it is very important that you see it as divine positioning. God is going to use you and bless you right where you are in this season. So God has planned, God has positioned. Here's where we pick up. God has also prepared. God has also prepared you for what he's got for you. He's gifted you. He's equipped you. Daniel 1 and 17 says, And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. God's plan is to position you for what he has prepared you to do. Amen? God's plan is to position you for what he has prepared you to do. Long before he could use it, Daniel had the gift to interpret dreams. 
I bet he didn't understand it. And if you think about what interpreting dreams are, if, 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 if you've ever experienced that, or if you've ever, uh, if you study on, on how dreams are interpreted and the gift of that in the scripture, a lot of times what would happen was, no doubt God would give Daniel dreams that probably would be fulfilled in a few days or in a few weeks. So David is running around this kingdom, probably seeing something in the flesh that he dreamt about a couple of weeks ago. So he's probably thinking, what in the world is God doing? I don't know why, or maybe some of his friends had dreams and they would explain that to him and they were troubled. Like Joseph had the ability to interpret dreams. He's probably thinking, why in the world do I have this gift? Well, let me tell you something. We understand as we read the scripture why he had that gift. But probably for a few years he had this gift that he had no reason why and it didn't make sense. Has that ever happened to you? Do you find yourself in that position right now that you feel, you feel like you're gifted in a certain thing, but you don't understand why? God is preparing you for something that he's going to do in your future. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a fine work of art. You are, a, you are a work in progress. You guys weren't very sincere to each other. You're one fine work of art. You are a work in progress that God has put together meticulously with the gifting and ability that he's going to use for his purpose. Listen to this. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are God's masterpiece, God's work in progress, that he planned long ago for you to do certain things. He has gifted you with these things. Maybe in that time, maybe in that time that, that, that Daniel was, this, was wondering why things didn't make sense, maybe God wanted to teach him some things. Maybe God wanted to teach Daniel some things about work ethic. Maybe he was a young man. Maybe he needed to learn about routine. Maybe he needed to learn to walk, how to walk in front of a king. King Nebuchadnezzar was the greatest king of his time. He was a world conqueror. So maybe in this time, God, God was like, I'm not going to tell him and I'm not going to reveal his gift to the king right now because he's got some things to do. He's got to build some trust. He's got to build some rapport with this King Nebuchadnezzar. So I'm not going to let his gift be revealed just yet. When it comes to God's purpose, there is a time of waiting. Amen? So you, you, you got to plan God's plan for, uh, plan for your life, but God, also God has a gift for your life. But there's a time of waiting before God reveals that. When it comes to God's purpose and God's timing, time waiting is not meant for time wasting. Let me say it again. Time waiting is not meant to be time wasting. You know, our society has many opportunities to waste time because of the way our lives have been conditioned, because we're getting better at our jobs, because of technology. It has opened up a lot of time to waste time. For example... How many of you have one of these? Can you waste a little time here if you wanted to? Absolutely. With our time that God would have us invest in our gift and all this, the enemy is going to make sure that that time, if we're not careful, gets wasted. And I hate waiting. I'd rather do anything than wait. To punish the checkout line at Walmart... 
I read the magazines. Don't tell anybody this, but I read the magazine and misplace them on purpose. It's my way of getting back at them for having to wait in line. You know what I'm saying? That's, it's my own little way of getting back. I hate waiting. I'd rather, why have 26 lines and two of the lines open? Why do that? You know what I'm saying? You evil, vile people who order food in the drink line at Sonic. I don't know who's doing that. I pulled up there and I'm, I'm, we're, it's, it's happy hour. It's happy hour at Sonic. 99 cent, 44 ounce drinks. They charge you a quarter for the line. I'm sitting there, and I roll down my window to check on what she's ordering up there. And lo and behold, she orders two cheeseburgers and some cheese sticks. Boy, I about honked at her. What's up? What's up? You know, I do not like waiting. That's why I live in Shawnee. Because, you know, when the stoplight turns green, we all get to go. Nobody waits a second stoplight, right? You go to Dallas, it might, take you, it might take you 10 minutes to get through that light. Not in Shawnee. Where do you need to go today? Where do you need to go in Shawnee? I can get you there in seven minutes. That's what, without waiting. You know, you can, you can take the long way around, you know. It, 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 there's just no way. I don't like waiting because I feel like waiting is wasting time. If you consider the average lifespan of a 75-year-old person, we're going to live a lot longer than that. But let's just say average lifespan is 75. I was looking at some of the things that, that how we spend our time, how we waste our time. We spend 26 years of our lives sleeping. Why would God do that to us? We have so much to do. And a third of our lives, he's like, you just can't even do anything but dream. I don't know. We spend 11 years of our lives watching television. 11 years. We spend eight years of our lives shopping. Get this. Women spend nearly one year of their lives deciding what to wear. (laughs) They spend 136 days of their lives just getting dressed. Once they figure out what they're going to wear. Men only spend about 46 days getting dressed and whatever. I, I read a poll the other day that said, that revealed that men spend 43 minutes a day looking at women. Guess where, guess where the most common place where men, where men just look at women? There's a woman. Supermarket. That's how distracted men are. Successful people. Listen to this. Three years of our lives, I don't want to start any fights. That started arguments in the first service. Three years of our lives is spent washing clothes. Three years. Seven years of our lives We spend lying awake in bed trying to fall asleep. 38 hours a year. 38 hours a year is spent waiting in traffic. That's just the average. Uh, Places like Dallas and Los Angeles, those people, those poor people spend 60 hours a year just sitting, waiting in traffic. You know what? People, successful people, don't waste time on meaningless activities. I know there are some things that feel like wasting time that we can't get anywhere around, but we have to be careful with the time that God has given to us. We must discover that waiting time is a resource. Let me say that again. 
The time, or let me phrase it like this, the time that we spend waiting is actually a resource. It's extra time. Extra time is a resource. It's like having extra cash. You just have to figure out what you want to do with it. What do you do with the extra cash? Well, you can either waste it, you can spend it, or you can invest it. And it was never meant that our time of waiting, it was never meant for us to waste that time that God has given to us. Amen? Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But those who wait, look at your neighbor and say wait. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That strength comes with waiting. How does that happen? Well, obviously there is a faith that is built up, but something else. God meant that time of waiting to be something. It was not meant to be wasted. God had a purpose, has always had a purpose in waiting. And the time that you are spending waiting, or the time that you are waiting, God has a purpose in that time. That, that time is meant for prep time. Right? Right? That time of waiting is meant for, for you to prepare for what God has in your future. That time of waiting is meant for building time. That, that, time for, that time of waiting is meant for developmental time. It's not time for, okay, well, I'm waiting for God to do some things in my life. Or I'm waiting for God to do some things in my life. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with gaming. But all the time that we spend wasting time, could it be that God has meant for us to develop ourselves in that time, to become and to hone that gift, right? Instead of wasting time. Um, 1 Timothy 4 and 14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophets. The 15th verse says, Give your complete attention to these matters. Give your complete attention to the matters of what? Developing your gift. He's saying, throw yourself into your tasks, the mundane things, the small things, the routine, routine things, the detail of your life. Throw yourself into the detail of your life. Throw yourself into the gifting that God has for you. Get, I mean, if you're, if you're a guitar player and you want God to take you into the future of that, then throw yourself in the detail. Become an, an excellent guitarist. Become an excellent, you know, skilled person in the media. Wherever God has you, don't waste your time thinking, I'm going to be here one of these days. Become the very best at where you are. Because it just so happens, that's how you get promoted to the next level. Amen? Listen to this. He says, 16th verse, keep a close watch on how you live. Pay very close attention to how you live. Because God is going to take you, to, God is going to take you tomorrow based on how you live today. Amen? Think about it for a second. Any sport, there is a season where you play, but there's also an off season. And it just so happens, however, you, your winning season is dependent Upon what you did in the off season. And you can tell. You can tell the players who sat around eating pizza. Just lived it up. Gaming whatever. The difference between them. And the ones that train were out there doing the footwork. In the summertime. In the wintertime. Specifically football. What, they, what were they were doing through the spring and the summer. That matters. There was a, there's a huge difference in the ones that train. Eat the protein. Lift weights. Rather than just kill time and just wait for, for, for the season to approach. Say, well, you know, it ain't season. Well, season is going to be here. 
So you need to prepare right now for the season that God has for your life. What are you doing in the gym? It ain't season. Yeah, but I'm getting ready for my winning season. Are you using those 100-pound dumbbells? Because I need them if you're not using them. I need a doorstop. <laughs> God is preparing you for your winning season. Look at your neighbor and say, your time is coming. Ecclesiastes says that God has made everything beautiful in its time. Think about that for a second. In its time. I thought that God was going to do something in my life. It's not time. I thought that my talent and my gifting was going to take me somewhere different. It's just not time. But I've got a gifting and I've got a plan and God's got a plan and a purpose for my life. Yes, yes, and yes. It just is not time yet. It's just not time. But your time is coming. Keep working. Keep advancing. Keep being diligent. Keep paying the bills. Keep showing, keep, keep having integrity because your time is coming. Amen? Look at your neighbor again and say, your time is coming. So God is planned. God is positioned. God is prepared. God is also purposed. God's got an eternal purpose in what's going on that you may not have anything, you, you, don't, you may not have a clue about. Whatever's going on in your life, I'm telling you, God's got an eternal purpose, an eternal uh, uh, plan for his, for his will that, that we can't even see. It's kind of like in Daniel, the second chapter, when he's revealing this dream. This dream is given to King Nebuchadnezzar. He has no idea what this dream is about. Daniel reveals it to him, but it's about King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom and the next two kingdoms. So it's a prophecy and a vision, but it's also about the end of, end of the age. The, the fourth part of this, uh, of this interpretation of this vision has yet to come in our lives. It's about when Jesus comes back and returns and rules the earth. That's how significant this, this dream was. God has a plan that, that Daniel was a part of that he had no idea that, that he was fulfilling prophecy or speaking prophecy that would, that, that would take millennials to take place. Another thing in the, in, as far as the purpose of Daniel and the purpose of God that he had in Daniel's life was to let King Nebuchadnezzar know that God was in control. It's kind of like God would speak through Daniel to King Nebuchadnezzar and say, hey, listen, first of all, I gave you the ability to be a world conqueror. Second of all, you take care of my people. You be kind to my people as long as they live here. I allowed you to take them and bring them into exile because of the work that I'm doing in them. But you better be kind and you better respect my people and respect my ways. And he would reveal himself through miracles to King Nebuchadnezzar until King Nebuchadnezzar actually became a believer. But King Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, was not as respectful. And he actually saw the writing on the wall. Have you ever heard the expression, the writing on the wall? That was in the book of Daniel. A a literal hand appeared, wrote on the wall. And one night, King Belshazzar lost his kingdom because of his disrespect for God. So what God would do through Daniel is, is teach kings about who he was and also help them to fulfill prophecy. So God has a purpose, an eternal purpose. Eternal plan that that in the time waiting, in the time of God working in our lives, we don't know anything about it, but we're faithful. So God has planned, God has positioned, God has prepared, and God has purpose. And lastly, God has promoted. God promoted Daniel every time he went through something. In Daniel, the second chapter, in the 48th verse, it says, Then then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon, as well as chief over the wise men. 
You know, a lot of times we pray for the Lord's blessing and the Lord's favor and the Lord's provision and the Lord's prosperity in our lives, but we really don't know what we're praying for because we find out that Daniel's promotion came through struggle. That he came, as next week we're going to learn how God promoted him again through the lion's den. And a lot of times we're praying for God to do something in our lives, but we don't know that there's a process to that. Right? I mean... Be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. There's, there's, there's something that goes along with this. God doesn't just hand out things. There's a process to this that, that we may not understand. We pray for favor and advancement. We want the blessing and the promotion. But, and we want everything just like Daniel. We want the things that Daniel had. But are you willing to take the path that Daniel took? It's kind of like the story in Matthew, the 20th chapter. The Bible says that I believe her name was Mary, the, the mother of, uh, of Zebedee's sons, which would be James and John. She came before Jesus, and this was right before, I believe it was right before Jesus was going into Jerusalem. He was about to die, so he was having to deal with it. So she walks up in front of all the other disciples and says this to Jesus. Jesus, I'd like for you to do me a favor. And Jesus said, what would you like for me to do? She says, when you go into your kingdom, I would like for you to make my sons I would like for you to promote them to sit on your right and sit on your left. Will you do that for me? Now, she was under the impression, just like everybody else, that Jesus was going to restore or he was going to have an earthly kingdom right now. She was not under the impression that he would give his life, forgiveness of sins, and all the message of salvation. She was, and they were all under the impression he was going to ride into Jerusalem and take over the kingdom, deliver them from Roman oppression. So she's asking for favor. Can John and James sit on your right and your left? And then all the other disciples were standing over there. Here this like, what about me? What's, what's up? And this is what Jesus said uh, to the mother. Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking. I can get you there. I don't think you can handle the journey. Listen to what he says. You don't know what you're asking. And then he turns and then asks him a, a very serious question. He says, are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? And real quickly, I mean, next sentence. Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Are you, though? <laughs> are you really? Can you take the same path? I mean, we're talking, I'm going to be king of the world one of these days, but it's going to come at an incredible price. And you want to walk on my right, and you want to walk on my left? You want to ride with me? All right, I'm going to, he says, okay, then I'm going to let you drink of that cup. The Bible talks about how they would, they would pass away. A lot of times, we want that. We want God's best for our lives, but we want the success but we're not aware of the sacrifice. We want the promotion, but we don't want the devotion. Amen? But if you're going to grow yourself, you better devote yourself, right? Because what God has and what God has planned in your life comes at a price. One could argue about this book that is written about Daniel. It's called the book of Daniel. But you could call it the success story of Daniel. Because it is the success story of Daniel. But it talks about all the struggles. It talks about the persecution of Daniel. That led him to the success. 
Real quickly, I want to I explain two promotional or two kingdom promotion principles. Number one, there's no promotion without the process. You hear me? There is no, when it comes to, when it comes to God's path, there are no shortcuts. There is no promotion without the process. But here's the deal. There is no process that can stop God's promotion. I mean, if you're willing to pay the price, if you're willing to lay down your life, if you're willing to put your agenda aside, there is no process that can stop God's promotion. There is no struggle. There is no pain. There is no hater. There is, there is no bad boss. There is no person in your life. There is no situation that can stop God's promotion in your life. If you're willing to put your agenda aside, if you're willing to believe, if you're willing to do diligence, if you're willing to do the process, then God will bring promotion in your life that nobody can stop. Amen? But there is a process. Maybe you feel like you've waited so long and it doesn't make sense. However long it takes, no matter what happens, nothing can stop God's promotion in your life. Listen to Romans 8 and 38. It says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me tell you something. It may feel like you're waiting. It may feel like you're going through a struggle. It may feel like a heartache. It may feel like death has happened in your life. It may feel like you have had a major setback. You may feel like you've been beat down. But I want to tell you something. Hold on. Because God is about to put a winning season in your life. He's about to promote you. He's about to take you to a place that he's been dealing with you for a really, really long time. And just because it's taken a long time doesn't mean that God is not going to move greatly in your life. You keep going. You keep moving. You keep moving forward because God is going to move. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm about to go Pentecost up in here. I'm going to close with this. In Daniel 1 and 17, it says, God, I'm kind of preaching to myself. You ever feel that? He's preaching to himself. I do that sometimes in the, in the privacy of my house. Look in the mirror and preach to myself. You need to do that. You do that? Stand in the mirror, take the Bible out, preach to yourself. It's pretty powerful. Go ahead. I give you permission. Daniel 1 and 17 says, And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. God planned God positioned, God prepared, God purposed him. And there was a time of waiting, but God would eventually promote him to where he was taking him. Amen? You hold on, because God's going to do the same thing in your life. You believe that? Say amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and revealing some things in our lives that need to be revealed. Thank you, Lord, for confronting us where we are. I pray, God, that you will deal with every person. I pray, God, that you will deal with every situation. Maybe there are people here today 
that there is a waiting that's going on. And you're about to do a work in their lives, but right now it feels like it's like the waiting is taking too long. I pray, Father, that we don't give up. I pray, Father, that we don't lose our grip on you. Lord, that the promotion comes after the process. But help us to remember that nothing can stop the process or nothing can stop the promotion. In the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed and maybe God's dealing with you right now, maybe you're thinking about some situations that are going on. Maybe this message of of waiting is ministering to you and God is dealing with you about some things. Maybe for what you're suffering right now, it feels like, it feels like that you've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. I want to tell you something. This message is for you and God is about to move in your life if you'll let him, if you'll just hang on. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now. If you're seated next to somebody you love or you're close to, you can take them by the hand. It's powerful when two or three are in agreement. The Bible tells us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person that is here. And I thank you, Lord, for dealing with us. And I thank you that, that even right now as we pray, God, you're speaking to us. So, Father, speak to every person, Lord, if whatever we're waiting on, whatever we're dealing with, whatever our struggle is, Lord, may we not lose hope but rest in the fact that you are going to work a work in our lives that nothing can buffet, nothing can take away. May we believe, may we hope, and Father, may may we move forward in your calling and your will for our lives. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, say amen. As your heads are bowed and as you continue to pray, Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ. He's not Lord and Savior of your life. For whatever reason, maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you've never surrendered, but today you want to come home. God has been dealing with you today about coming home. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ or your story is maybe you walked away from God and today you feel like he's pulling you home, drawing you home. Whatever the case may be, you want to give your life to Christ. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. I won't ask you to stand. This is the way we do this every Sunday. I won't ask you to stand. I won't ask you to come down here. Nothing to embarrass you. Just pray right where you're seated. And as I pray, if you can say, Travis, I want you to enter me into that prayer. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to make things right with God. If that's you, if you can just slip your hand up and slip it down, I'll pray. Anybody say that? See your hand over here. You can put it down. Anybody else? Travis, today I'm going to make things right with God. I'm going to give my life to Christ. And I'm going to pray with you. One more time I'm going to ask. I know we had one person. All right, as we pray, I'd like for the entire church to repeat this after me. And even if I didn't see your hand, I don't always see every hand. If I didn't see your hand, God saw your hand and God saw your heart. And today's the day you come home. Let's all pray to your Heavenly Father. I'm before you today, and I give you my life. Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Today I make you Lord and Savior of my life. I confess that I believe in you, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, 
My life is committed to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate.